Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Velâkıbetü lilmuttakîn. Velcennetü bilmuhidin. Velâ udvâne illâ alâ zâlimîn. Vessalâtu vesselâmu alâ eşrafil enbiyâi vel mursalîn. Seyyidina ve nebiyyina ve habibina ve şefiyina ve senedina ve mevlana Muhammedin sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem. وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين رب اسرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل قدة من لسانه يفقه قولي اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا اللهم رزقنا فهم يا ذا الجلال والإكرام All praise and thanks be to Allah Ta'ala the cherries and sustainer of all creations and peace and blessings of Allah be upon our beloved Prophet and Master Sayyidina Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who was given the divine inspiration, the Holy Quran and his authentic Sunnah. Ikhwata al-Iman, Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu. As well, We send this peace upon all the listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us our supplications and our du'as in this hour, this hour of Jum'ah and may Allah ta'ala make it easy for all of us insha'Allah wa ta'ala and all those that are sick we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant him all shifa'at the health and the strength, insha'Allah. And those who have passed on, that Allah Ta'ala must grant them all Jannatul Firdaus, insha'Allah Tabarakah wa Ta'ala. After the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam passed away, Abu Idris Al-Khawlani in Damascus, or in Damascus, he went to Masjid Al-Kabir, the big masjid. There's also a graveyard in Damascus, which is also Maqbar Al-Kabir, the big graveyard in Damascus. And in the masjid he saw, Abu Idris, he saw a group of people sitting around one particular man. And he described the man as smiling very much. And people were sitting around him and asked him certain questions. So Abu Idris then asked somebody else in the masjid, Who is this man? And he answered that that man is Mu'ad ibn Jabal. Mu'ad ibn Jabal was a companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the next day Abu Idris al-Khawlani came to the masjid very early in the morning before Salatul Fajr. Very early in the morning before Salatul Fajr. Thinking that he was 
the first one or the first person to enter the masjid came very early and when he entered the masjid when he came into the masjid he found Mu'ad ibn Jabal praying in the masjid before the salah meaning before salatul fajr so oh, more or less and give an idea you're coming for tahajjud salah salatul layl imakala salatul layl the last uh, Sunday in the morning around about 3 o'clock half past 3 they start with Salatul Layl so I reckon around about that particular time so when he came Abu Idris in the masjid he already found Mu'ad ibn Jabal already busy making Salah so Abu Idris came to Mu'ad ibn Jabal and he sat behind him and he waited until Mu'ad ibn Jabal completed his Salah Remember, he was not busy making Salatul Fajr. He's already long before Salatul Fajr. So when he came, he sat behind Abu Jabal, waited until this companion, the Sahaba of Rasulullah completed his Salah. And after Abu Mu'ad ibn Jabal completed his Salah, Abu Idris went to him and he said, he said to Abu, Mu'adh says, I love you. I say, oh Mu'adh, I love you for the sake of Allah. And Mu'adh ibn Jabal pulled Abu Idris closer to him and he asked him, Allahu lillah, by Allah, do you love me only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So Abu Idris replied and he said, yes, I only love you for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So at this Abu Mu'ad ibn Jabal smiled and he pulled him closer, much closer to him and he said to him, let me give you good news. He says to him, for verily I heard the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Wajabat mahabbatili mutahabina fi my love is wajib upon those who love for my sake. Again, my love is wajib necessary upon those who love for my sake. So when you love somebody else for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam automatically becomes wajib necessary upon you. Without thinking whether the Nabi is loving you or not. Just merely because you love somebody else for purely for the sake of Allah, the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam love you in return. So how can we not love one another for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How is it so that we cannot live as true believers, as true Muslims, one with the other, extending this love for one another? Whereas here the Nabi alayhimu salatu wasalam says, if you love one another for the sake of Allah, then it becomes wajabat wajib upon Rasulullah to love you in return. Subhanallah. If we can but only imagine. And this is why there are so many ill feelings in our societies, our communities, in our families. 
The love that we are supposed to express to one another is not there. That is why there are so many warfare amongst us. There are so many warfare amongst the Muslim Ummah. Yet we are supposed to be the best of nation, the best of Ummah. The Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa salatu The new Dazal has arose. The new Dazal has stood up. A new Fir'aun stood up. And everybody says, Subhanallah, what is going to happen to us now? Now Trump is going to tramp upon all of us. We forget about who created us. Who brought us into existence. When Obama became the President of the United States, what happened? Everybody thought, oh good, you know, dark of complexion. Guys, got a, you know, lineage to Muslim family tree. No, the Muslim world will be safe. We never place our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's happening? Love for the sake of Allah. Love those for the sake of Allah. And those who are not onto the straight path. Those who are in the zulm. Those who are in the darkness. It is for us to make dua and say and ask unto Allah, Ya Allah, grant them the guidance, grant them the hidayah, so that they can see the beauty of Islam. Make them a better Muslim than me. Oh Allah, you know me better than which I know myself. Make them a better Muslim than me. Grant them the hidayah, grant them the, you know, the hidayah of Islam. Let them see the beauty of what Islam is all about. Let them love. Let them extend the love, pure love, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when there is pure love for the sake of Allah ta'ala, our family circle, our family life becomes better and better. But no, we allow shaitan to control us. We allow shaitan to whisper, to waswas, to tell us what to do, how to do, and what to say. But then we forget about what Allah Ta'ala tells us what to do and how to go about with certain things. So what happened? The Muslim Ummah start to split up. We move away. What happens? We start building our own empires. We're drawing people to us. We split this Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves someone, when Allah ta'ala loves someone, He called Jibreel alayhi salatu wassalam, and Allah ta'ala then says to Jibreel, Ya Jibreel, inni ahubbu fulan ibn, inni uhibbu fulan, O Jibreel, that verily I love such and such a person, so love him. So when Allah loves us, Allah will indicate to his slaves, his servants on this dunya, and says to Jibreel, tell them to love also that person. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala loves that person. With the result of that love, that love become extend. Extended in the sense, we'll feel the tranquility. We will feel that sakina of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala with the result of it. 
we will draw people closer to us. But when we build a hatred amongst us, when I build a hatred in me, envy in me, and blah blah blah, all, the result of that is we start drifting apart, we start moving away from one from the other. And what is our iman? Our iman deals with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let me take you to the story of Asiya. And who was Asiya? Asiya was the wife of Fir'aun la'natullah. Asiya had iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She had iman in Allah Ta'ala that thrive under the shadow of someone who said, I am your Lord. I am the Most High. What did Fir'aun say? He says, I am God. I give life and I take life. He says, I am God. So you are to listen to me. You are to worship me. You need to obey me, not to obey anybody else but only me. This was her husband. She lived under the same roof of this person who claimed to be a Lord, who claimed to be a God. But when the news reached Fir'aun of his wife's Iman, when the news reached Fir'aun of his wife's Asiya's Iman, what did he do? He beat her and he commanded his gods to be there as well. <clears throat> what did she do? What did she do? Retaliate? No. She says when? Without any hassle. Without any hassle. No struggle whatsoever. When he heard his own wife accepted this message that came he did not like that he ordered his guards to take Asia out of the palace in this palace she had everything she had all the luxury her life for her was guaranteed so much so no struggles nothing whatsoever but they took her outside out of this palace. So let's say the prach and prowl, the beauty that she had, everything. They took her out of that palace and placed her in the sun, scorching heat on the ground. And they start tying her hands and her feet and they started to beat her perpetually. They continuously beat at her. Who did she turn to? Did she turn or run to a father, to a mother? Did she run to a son or a daughter? Did she run to a brother or a sister? Did she run to anyone that she knew? No, she endured all of that. And while they were punish and punishing her, she was but only smiling. Her iman was so strong in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. While they were busy punishing us, he smiled until such time that Fir'aun ordered his guards, you know what, go outside and then you bring a huge rock. 
What did he order? He says, take this rock and place this rock onto her and they crush her to death. But as they were busy punishing her, as, or rather torturing her, as they were about to place this huge rock onto her, she was already smiling. The gods could not, they could not perceive, they could not understand what is the reason why, why she is smiling. They are punishing her, they are torturing her, they are about to place this huge rock on her, she sees this huge rock, rock coming onto her, but she is smiling. What did she say? He says, in no other terms, he says, قَالَتْ رَبِّ بَنِ لِي عِنْدَكَ بَيْتًا فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَنَجِّنِي مِنْ فِرْعَوْنَ وَعَمَلِي وَنَجِّنِي مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ She says, oh Allah, she asked for nothing else. She says, oh my Rabb, my Lord, my Creator, my Nourisher, my Sustainer, the one whom I return to. She says, oh Allah, I ask you for nothing else. But, O oh Allah, build for me a home with you in Jannah and save me from Fir'aun and his handsmen and his deeds and save me from transgressive and the disbelieving of people that I am faced with. Scholar says when she was busy smiling through having gone through all of that torturing in the rock, when she was busy smiling, when the rock was about to be placed on her, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already took the soul of Asia and she saw the gates of heaven of Jannah open for her. And she saw a place that which she asked of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Jannah. She did not. She did not retreat. She did not return away. She did not say to her husband, Firaun, I accept, I believe in you, I will worship you. No. She did not call out to brothers or to sisters or to anyone else. She called out to Allah. She says, Rabbi, oh my Lord, oh my creator, oh my nourisher, oh my sustainer, oh Allah, I ask you for nothing else. But I ask you only to build for me a house in Jannah. Because this, what I have, this luxury, this palace of Fir'aun, I don't want anything to do with it. It's nothing compared to what you have promised unto me. Look at the dua. This was a sincere iman that this woman had in her because she feared none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Did she fear Firaun? No. Did she fear the gods of Firaun? No. She feared none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the example that we find within the glorious Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us the lesson. وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مْرَأَةَ فِرَعُونَ إِذْ قَالَتْ رَبِّ بْنِ لِي عِنْدَكَ بَيْتًا فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَنَجِّنِي مِنْ فِرَعُونَ وَعَمَلِي وَنَجِّنِي مِنَ الْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ وَمَرْيَمَ بْنَةَ عِمْرَانَ الَّتِي أَحْسَنَتْ فَرْجَهَا فَنَفَخْنَا فِي مِنْ رُوحِنَا وَصَدَّقَتْ بِكَلِمَاتِ رَبِّهَا وَكُتُبِهِ وَكَانَتْ مِنَ الْقَانِتِينَ Look at the example of Sittina Maryam alayhi What did she go through? How did people mock at her? How did people accuse her of certain things? But she never forgot 
the trust that she placed herself in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She firmly believed in Allah. Her iman that she had in Allah was so strong. And therefore, Jama'atul Muslimin, our iman is to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His angels, his books, his messengers, and the day of Yawm al-Qiyamah and the divine decree. In a hadith of Jibreel alayhi salatu wasalam, when he came to the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasalam, he asking about Islam, al-Iman in al-Ihsan, the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, he said and he answered about Iman and he says, Iman is to believe in Allah. Your entire life is based on this Iman, your belief system, how you believe in Allah. Whatever difficulty that you're going to go through in this, in this dunya, in this life, depends upon your Iman in Allah Ta'ala. Whatever trials and tribulations that you are going to face in this dunya, depends upon your Iman in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And he says, Iman in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But let us just look for this few minutes that we still have left. Let us focus on, the, on this last article of Iman. To believe in the divine decree, the good and the bad thereof. Right? As you and me travel through the life on this dunya, as me and you travel through life in this dunya, we find ourselves in one of two situations. Either something good is happening in our lives. Either something good happens in happening in our lives, in which case as believers, as Muslims, our role is to thank Allah Ta'ala for the blessings that which Allah Ta'ala bestows upon us. Or something bad or something we dislike, is happening to us and our role is nothing else but only to bear patience if something good is happening to me and you that is the time that we are to show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the time that we need to go down we need to place our forehead on the ground and we need to thank Allah Ta'ala for all the goodness that which He has bestowed upon us. Because when the time comes, when times is tough, when the days comes, when it becomes difficult, then for that time, the period of time that we enjoyed all the blessings of Allah which we have thanked unto Allah Ta'ala, those difficulties that we face now will become easy for us on this dunya. Why? Because the time that when Allah gave us, we were thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it. But sometimes, unfortunately, it doesn't happen that way. When Allah ta'ala grant us certain things that which is good for us, we don't think Allah, we don't thank Allah ta'ala. We don't show gratitude to Allah ta'ala. We forget Allah has placed us in that situation that we were in. Allah has granted us the ability to stand up, be healthy, to go and work, seek our rizq, come on, feed our family with it. It's all because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when we become less Allah conscious, 
the enjoyment and the good things that happens to us, we start to forget it is because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the lack of our iman. And when things bad happens to us, when we face challenges in this life, when we face the trials and tribulations of this life, Ya Allah That is the time you say it's certain things that you are meant that you are not really supposed to say. Why? Because the time that when Allah granted you all the goodness, you did not thank Allah Ta'ala because it was because of Allah. Because you think it's you, you, I, the Mr. I. The ego of myself, the egoism of idolizing myself as ikaman, ikas muzalani, And so I've accumulated all of that. I've worked hard. Forget Allah Ta'ala. But the moment you get that and you thank Allah, and the time that which and when Allah places you through difficulty, it will be very easy for you still to make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You will still, still be easy for you to make shukr. And when you are making shukr at that time, that difficulty that you go through, Wallahi, Allah makes it easy for you. Why? You appreciate it. Why? When Allah gave you, you appreciate it and you could not thank Allah enough. But now you don't have, you still thank Allah. Why? Allah and Allah has now granted to somebody else that they don't have. You think we are only alone on this dunya? No, our rizq comes and goes, it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, Jamaatul Muslimin, the formula, the formula, formula of a happy life, and this life cruising towards the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is nothing else, no other formula. But the formula of sabr, of patience, of perseverance and gratitude and shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we have sabr, we have perseverance, we have patience, we have gratitude, shukr, that is the result Allah ta'ala makes things easy for us in this dunya. What did the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said? The Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam restrains is the affair of the ummah, or rather the believer, the mu'min. Strangely, the affair of the mu'min, that verily all his affairs are good for him. If something pleasing befalls him, he thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it becomes better for him. And if something harmful befalls him, he is patience, he is sabr, sabir, and it becomes better for him. And this is only for the believer, the mu'min. When something good happens, he thanks Allah. And when something happens when he goes through trials and tribulations he appreciates that and he experiences it with nothing else but only with perseverance and sabr and that is the time that Allah Ta'ala starts makes things easy for him in this dunya Ibn Al-Jawzi said if this dunya if this dunya was not a, st- a station of test it would not be filled with sickness and filth. It will not be filled with sickness, with filth, with worries, with tribulations, you know, Ali Fakiridunga, etc., and all of that. It wouldn't have been. If life were not about hardship, he says, 
then the prophets and the pious would have lived the most comfort, comfortable of lives. If our lives on this dunya were not to do about tests and trials and tribulations, then it would not have been necessary for Allah to have placed us on this dunya. Because then there would not have been any tests and trials and tribulations. All of the prophets and the pious, the prophets, the anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam, right? They have gone through trials and tribulations. Look at Adam alayhi salatu wassalam. Adam alayhi salatu wassalam suffered test after test until he left this dunya. Test after test. And Allah Ta'ala has granted him children. And amongst two of his children, Habil and Qabil, one was in the obedience of Allah and the other one was in the disobedience of Allah. One would carry out the commands of Allah and the other one would be haphazardly doing in, you know, fulfilling the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Isn't it so? We live in that day of time, that era of time. Our own children are like that. Some of our children, our sons and our daughters will do the commands of others, others will be haphazardly doing it. They would honor my prayer for what Allah them. Where does it come from? Come from the time of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. Brothers and sisters are not living the life that they're supposed to live. Why? And this is how we go on life. I said earlier and I started off with love one another for the sake of Allah. If you love one another for the sake of Allah, Allah will make, make your life easy for you. Whatever people might say about you, whatever people might think about you, because this is why we are here. Either we will speak good about people or we will speak bad about people. But the more we speak bad about people, you know what? That person that we actually speaking bad about, that person drawing closer to Jannah and I'm trying further away from Jannah. This is the reality of things. Prophet ﷺ spoke about this. As believers in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are there for the one cause and that is to please none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You split up a family, you split up a community. When you split up a community, you split up the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu This is why we find ourselves in this situation that we are in today. The Muslim Ummah are going further, further in more difficulty, more trials and more, more tribulations we are facing. Why? Because we are not placing Allah Ta'ala first. Allah is not first in our agenda. Look at the constitution of many of the Arab states. Study their constitution. You find, you ask yourself, why is these constitutions not based upon the Quran and the Sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa salatu wasalam? It's part of British constitution, part, part of the French constitution. Where is the Quran? Where is the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? But believe, believe you me, it has been ready, it's been ready and shown to us in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu It's already been shown to us in the time of the Sahabas If your entire constitution, if you do things for the sake of Allah, the result of it, 
they will be success for you at the end of the day. We need to go back to the Quran. We need to go back to the Sunnah of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa salatu wa salam. The children, the children of Adam alayhi salatu wa salam, they lived the life. One went in the direction which Allah, which pleases Allah. The other one went in another direction. But because in his mind, shaitan came like he comes to us. He came in the time of Qabil and he whispers to Qabil, you know what? Your brother is better in the eyes of Allah than what you are. Why? Because all of his sacrifices are being accepted by Allah and yours are not. You know what? You're the bad one out. He's the best out of all. What happened? The murder. He kills his own brother. This is what happening amongst us as the Muslim Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu We're killing one another. We're taking the life of one another. We hate one another. We destroy the lives of one another. Not necessarily with a bullet. We're destroying the life of one another, of our loved ones, our dear ones, our brothers, our sisters. The father with the children, the children with the parents, not merely with drugs, but by saying and backbiting them and telling and saying what Allah Ta'ala does not like about us, what we are saying. May Allah guide us and may Allah Ta'ala protect us, inshallah. Nabi Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam lived for 500 years. He lived for 500 years. He cried for 300 years. He cried for 300 years. Why? He conveying the message to his people. But none want to accept this message which was conveyed to him by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He cried. He says, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi, my people, my nation, my Oma, why? They don't want to accept. He cried for 300 years. He lived for 500 years. At the age of 450, at the age of 450, the last 50 years of the life of Nabi Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, only then his people started to follow him. Last 50 years of his life. But he lived for 500 years. So what are we waiting for? For the last year to approach us before we leave this dunya? Om recht te maken, wat moet recht te maken, en zo aan recht. Do we wait for the death for Malikil Mou to come to us? We lying on our deathbed. Now will I alles weer recht maken, alles weer mooi maken. Allah forgive us. May Allah Taala grant us the understanding, inshallah. Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam was thrown into a pit of fire, and later was told by Allah Taala to slaughter his own son. This was the sacrifice of Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam who came 3,000 years before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salatu wasalam. But he was prepared for all of this. Why? He was known as Khalilul Rahman, Khalilullah, the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was prepared to sacrifice his life for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he was commanded to slaughter his own son, Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam, he did not hesitate, he immediately went into it. Even his own son was prepared. How many of us as parents are prepared to sacrifice that for our children and children for our parents for the sake of Allah? Brothers for brothers, sisters for sisters, brothers with sisters, sisters with brothers, etc. How many of us? 
These are the examples that Allah Ta'ala gives us within the glorious Quran. Nabi Yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam speak about Iman. The sincere Iman that his Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam had and the pious people had long before us. The Iman was strong you know, they never forgo anything. They were never pre- prepared you know, to let go of the decrees of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. They never compromised with the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No. Nabi Yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam cried until he became blind wife for his own son. Nabi Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam. Nabi Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam gone for many decades, for many years. His father cried for his son. Started became blind until this kabiz, this shirt, or the jerky, or the, you know, jacketi was sent back to his father by his own brothers. And when he placed this to his face, he could see again. But he cried, Why? My son, I don't know what has happened to my son. Ya Allah, what has happened to him? He's been gone for years. There's no message. There's no indication what has happened to us, to him. If one of our sons or our daughters just disappear like that for years away from us, what would we go through? How would we feel the emotion that we have got, the stress that we're going to go through? Looking, searching for the child of ours. To never trying to give up. Why? Where is my child? He just disappeared. But when the child comes back, what do we do? We start forget about the promises which we have made unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many a parents has lost a child? It is either through drugs, by a bullet, or many other ways. And how many a parent ask Allah, Ya Allah, as my kind man it nog kan langere gewees het saam met me, Ya Allah, dan sal ek die gedoen het. So now we have our children. The children have their parents. Brothers have their brothers. Sisters have their sisters. Now we have each other. So what is it now? Love those for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Love for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi Isa alayhi salatu wasalam had no provisions except the morsels of his disciples. He only ate when his disciples eat. He never, he never hold up a noit. For more, and he depended solely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Musa alayhi salatu wa salam. Musa alayhi salatu wa salam challenged Fir'aun and was tested even by his own people. You study the Quran, you find in the Quran Nabi Musa alayhi salatu wa salam has the longest story in the glorious Quran. He fought so long with Bani Israel. Why? Because we have gone against the grain of the Quran and the Sunnah of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa The moment we compromise with the deen of Allah, the moment we compromise with the ayats of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't think victory is going to come to us. That is the time that we are going to face difficulty, trials and tribulations in this ummah. Not only in our family lives, in our family circles, community life, and a community as large as the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa salatu wasalam. And so jama'atul muslimin, we pray and we make dua.
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to declare our oneness in Allah ta'ala with conviction. And whatever happens to us, that we are to place our trust in Allah ta'ala. What happens to us happens by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is an article of our iman that we believe in qada in the qadr and that we are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choice. Meaning, whatever Allah has set out for us, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. The more we praise Allah, the more we think Allah, the more difficulty, you know, one scholar used to say, and say, next worries, dear Khan, and you leave any? Alles got rosy, alles liquor, you know, next test in next see, then Mujayji's worry. Then Mujayji's worry. The one that Allah tests, that is the one that Allah loves. Because He knows how to say, Shukriya, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, wa Shukriya, Alhamdulillah. Wa sh-. He knows how to say Alhamdulillah, He knows how to praise Allah, He knows how to say Shukr to Allah. But Ajaydang you leave a leave a legal liquor, leave a fresh air, no worries, you know, Ikhad Nats Tangadiani, Taizitaita Jaijis would worry because then Allah just brings a taste just like that, you, just like that on you. And what happens? Now you want to go onto your musalla. Now you want to place your forehead on the ground. Now you want to weep. Now you want to cry. Now you want to say, Ya Allah, why me? Why me? Why me? Allah, see, when I gave you, you did not show gratitude to me. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the success dunya in, in akhirah. Good or seemingly be it, it's all the tests of this dunya coming from Allah ta'ala. And how can we even imagine to live a life on this dunya without being tested by Allah Ta'ala without going through any suffering on this dunya and as after every test after every suffering after every difficulty come the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala may Allah Ta'ala protect us may Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala guide us inshallah Ta'ala Jamaatul Muslimin and this is very very important we know that the water restriction nowadays water no opakhan you know, as Manubayata Yamumu, you know. Um, but nevertheless, uh, there's a youngster here, Ramiz September. Ramiz September, he is from the council, he is from the water affairs or the water department, he is outside there. And, you know, you can put your, he's got registered there, please support him, assist him. Put your name, your details. He will come even out to your house, there is small little pamphlets and encouraging and educating the Muslim community, you know, how to save water now. Because we are now in dire need really to put our heads, you know, to the knowledge and the wisdom that which Allah Ta'ala has given to us. And if we look back in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, and we should try it, you know, now we can't afford that anymore. I think I need to suggest this also to Maulana and to all the masjid because we are on air as well. I think now the masajid needs to come out with a meter type of thing. Put a coin in a five ring coin to take up as a five ring coin class. Because this is who expensive water had with Allah for all guide and protect inshallah. 
So he is here to teach us how to save water. He's outside, give you address and context. He will contact you, inshallah, and he will come out to your, to, to your house, inshallah, wa ta'ala. But, uh, but there's also uh, uh, flyers, inshallah, wa ta'ala. Then, of course, not forgetting the 26, inshallah, is the males only eating treat or for fundraising for the madrasa, inshallah. The males only eat and trick. No man's is allowed with pardas. Right? So the Azaneta man's affair is a... So please support. Initiative is good. For every cent that you spend is towards the education of our youth, of our generation, of youth that will be the future leaders of tomorrow, inshallah. May Allah guide them, guide all of us. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. This is shukran to Radio Voice of the Cape also for coming out here this uh, today for Jummah. May Allah ta'ala grant you to grow from strength to strength, inshallah.